0: Kia and welcome to the Stronger Dads Collective podcast, where we aim to help dads be stronger versions of themselves as fathers, people and in their athletic pursuits. Let's get into today's episode. Kia team, welcome to episode 13 of the Stronger Dads Collective. I am joined today um, by a guest who I have actually never met before. So this is our first conversation together um, and I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Um, He was recommended to me by a uh, friend of mine locally here Siobhan because he is an optometrist so um, we'll we'll probably get into that at some stage mate but let's just run through a little bit of your bio and then we'll we'll hand over to you for a bit more more background Uh, so Ryan is not only a father but a stepfather Um, he's a therapeutic optometrist with 10 years of experience providing people with the gift of sight and the ability to see the beauty of the world He is the host of the Stag Raw podcast, where he explores what it takes to live a life less ordinary, featuring guests from all walks of life with topics ranging from the outdoors and hunting to creativity, business, fitness, mental health, and more. Uh, In terms of his sporting background, during high school, he played representative soccer um, and water polo, and he represented the South Island secondary schools uh, invitational team and tried for the New Zealand secondary schools team for water polo. So He's got a few sporting accomplishments uh, from his teenage years there, but he also followed that up at university, um, playing a bit of rugby union and Sevens, so represented Southland in 2012 to 2014, um, and was also part of the Canterbury squad in 2014 and 15. Um, Unfortunately, he had to retire from rugby back in 2018 um, after having a severe concussion in 2017. You're not actually the first guest um, that's come on to retire from rugby, well, um, column was rugby league due to concussion so seeing a bit of a trend here um unfortunately that's not a good trend we want to see um, no. but he's continued to stay fit um, and strong he does a bit of crossfit has a home gym um, and i noticed as well today actually on his instagram he said he enjoyed running but i saw he had an ultra marathon t-shirt on so um that that's of interest to me to dive into a bit there uh, and also no surprises but he is a passionate hunter um, if you hadn't figured that out from the fact that he hosts the stag raw podcast um, you probably don't know anything about hunting or have never heard of hunting because i think that kind of gives it away so ryan mate over to you
1: yeah, that's. Um, I was talking to somebody today. They they were saying, "Are oh, you from down south?" And I said, "Yeah." What what gives that away? And he said, "Oh, the Highlanders flag in your in your garage." I was like, "Oh, yeah, that that doing this. And then he said, "Oh, now now your um podcast name makes more more sense." And I said, "Oh, yeah, it's probably <laughs> in hindsight probably not the best um podcast name, but yeah, I've I've sort of termed it that uh, that monarch of the Glen the image of of the stag standing on the." on the precipice, roaring and uh, letting people know that that um, what they're doing is great and they, they are great. Um, so I hope that people come onto the podcast and share what they're doing. Um, we have a very humble uh, nature in this country and um, mm. a few more people do need to get that pat on the back and, and a little bit of a kick up the ass to say, hey, mate, you're doing a good job. Can you tell some people and so more people can hear about this?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. And I like your tagline as well there, um, what it takes to live a life less ordinary. How did that kind of come about? Like, what what brought that whole live a life less ordinary on for you?
1: Um, i would probably say I was very lucky when I was playing football in Southland. We had this guy John Herman come and be a director of football for Southland and then Southern, um, and he just brought a you know next level of professionalism to football. So obviously, Southland's not the biggest football region um, around. And um, he'd been in the Sunderland Academy, and um, from there, he went on to be the director of football for New Zealand. He coached the um, White Ferns, and then he's been over in Canada coaching the Canadian women and then men at the last World Cup. There was rumours that he was going to come back to New Zealand and coach the All Whites, and then Danny Hayes' Danny name got thrown in the mix, and it all sort of felt casted, regrettably like john Herman yeah. is the absolute man but yeah he used to have this mantra of like look good feel good play good and just yeah he, he just brought out this in the players you know i was a teenager and um you know as a men's team he just brought out this level of like anything's possible lads <laughs> you know yeah. lads? being from sunderland um and yeah i think that's where it sort of started um even my optometry journey wasn't straightforward i had to sort of navigate my way through an undergrad to get into optometry it had been something i wanted to do since i was 12 um like, like you said in the intro i started off playing football and, and water polo then got to university and changed to rugby and just kind of pushed and prodded my way through through rugby rugby union um never really got too far when it came to the 15s games without any any credibility, but just you know, being a battler and and carrying on and asking the right things and talking to the right people, managed to get into those squads. Um, unfortunately, never went to any nationals, but um, you played in a couple of tournaments for both Southland and, and Canterbury and and learnt tons and got got to meet some amazing people that are now you know playing sevens for New Zealand. It was awesome.
0: Sevens is one of those games, eh? I I think I played one local tournament for like a, a group with a group of mates. Um, and I don't think I've ever sucked so much air Um, just trying to catch your breath because you basically, you know, the the pace of that game compared to 15s. Like I'd played 10s before, but Mm -hmm. just the extra space in sevens and when you're one of the quicker guys on the team, you know, you sort of expected to be (laughs) everywhere. You know, thankfully I wasn't the quickest because there are other people that had higher expectations on them, but I just remember, man, like (laughs) trying to get everywhere. You just, man, you're blowing pretty quickly in a game of sevens.
1: Yeah, I was the opposite. I was the one that made sure we kept hold of the ball, uh, because as as you know, when you've got the ball, things are a lot easier. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and of course, then when it flipped to defence, it, it was kind of my job to see if we could get the bloody balls back. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Coleman, let's let's jump back um into those early years, and because um you've mentioned you're from down south, so what did kind of life growing up look like for you?
1: In is was awesome. Um, you're five minutes from everywhere um and then like we lived another five minutes out of town which was quite good for my brothers who were rowers we lived like two minutes from the river and mm. my dad, dad coached rowing um but yeah i'd, I'd s- still be able to go go to swimming at sparrows fart and you know be there at, at the pool at five thirty a.m luckily we sort of had a group of us that lived out in uratara and um we carpooled but yeah dad had, Drop me into the pool, then he'd go off back out, past our house, back to the river and and coach rowing. Um, Yeah, there was a period there where I was playing like volleyball, um, doing production, doing water polo, playing soccer, potentially still swimming. Um, Yeah, like it was madness, but it's so much fun and you could just do whatever you like. So being busy like that kept me out of trouble, which was Mm. probably good. Um, but then I think once I got to university, it just all sort of slightly unraveled and I and <laughs> uh, and, and, and let my head out and consequently missed out on that first year getting into optometry, but that's all right. You know, um, you, you take the path and, and you learn some lessons and, and one of those was how to actually study properly. Um, which yeah, I wasn't properly equipped with from high school, unfortunately. So did so. you go
0: from Invercargill straight to Auckland to study? Yeah, mate. Or yeah. So that it? was,
1: that was pretty, uh, luckily i knew i wanted to do it when i was 12 and so the pathway was like well you go to auckland so i had that whole time during high school to get my head around you know getting rid of the spates ads out of my head you know like it's a hard (laughs) road finding the perfect girl and all that sort of stuff but you know he doesn't drink spates (laughs) yeah funnily enough the uh shadows bar in in auckland at the university did serve spates so you know those those um sort of assumptions were, were quickly cancelled out.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I think spates is kind of anywhere in New Zealand, you know, or, or most most towns or cities, you'll yeah. be able to find spates at at least one of the bars. I would have thought more so than that, to be honest. Yeah, I think Monkey Bar as well. I think I drank plenty of
1: $5 spates there <laughs> too. <Yeah. laughs>
0: so, so you played all that sport growing up, um, and you mentioned, was it both your parents were invo- involved in rowing?
1: Yeah, um, so dad um, especially, so when I was little, he coached the first 15, he was a high school teacher, so he coached the first 15 and rowing. Yeah. Um, and then sort of as my older brother hit high school, he stopped coaching the first 15, he coached him rowing um, and also helped to manage the school football team. So he just sort of yeah. pivoted a little bit um, to be more involved. Um, unfortunately, when I got to high school, we went on a uh, – fellowship for the first year he came back the second year and was acting dp and then he changed careers um <laughs> so i don't know if that
0: was good or bad but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you, you didn't get him coaching you then when you were playing football or anything like that
1: no no but um you know being a coach um we had lots of resources around the house like yeah. on, on coaching and and all that sort of stuff from um, i think my, and on the other side of the family um the swimming side my granddad was sort of the head coach and he was patron of the swimming club and life member of the swimming club and the, and the local association. And then mum became the head coach. I think her her brother ended up being the head coach for a while there. So, yeah, he he gave me the winner's Bible again around like 11 or 12. So I was yeah. like fully into that. Like, you know, <laughs> had Mockle Clem on the front and, um, for a speedo's ad. He's like standing on the bottom of the pool with the um, lane rope on his head. So he must be like two metres tall that guy he's he's a machine and yeah just like that whole goal setting um yeah. breaking things down especially with the swimming season like it's a long sw- season to be staring at a black line so just like what am I doing this week what are we doing in that meet um mm-hmm. what are the qualifying times I need if you get those where can I push to you know how do I structure a race and all those types of things just like um yeah I went to a, a juniors at 80 years old <laughs> which yeah I think, I think looking back now is pretty weird um like my stepdaughter's eight and i'm like man i was that age and i went to like up on a swimming trip to, to a national meet and yeah like, what the yeah
0: hell? so were you decent at swimming um
1: i was okay uh yeah. so it's it's hard when you're involved around elite people like because they're like the best to the best and yeah. that's who you're comparing yourself with so like i've got like a third place ribbon from that juniors which i think might have been in the pool and i I finished top 10 um Mm -hmm. and then i won a couple of south island titles when i was a little bit um older um i won a few div 2 titles and then i went to nationals and finished in the top 10 of times but eight lane pool and a few internationals um, meant i didn't compete in the final so you know it was it was kind of like well that was pretty good but disappointing and it didn't didn't last that much longer in in swimming so and then to transfer into wood polo um you know i'd win quite a few swim offs and then (laughs) again that south island team we played there was an invitational side from santa barbara there and they had the, the us 50 meter freestyle champion It was just basically like, you can have the ball. (laughs) You start with the ball, eh? (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. Jeeva, so yeah, I mean, that's a pretty interesting background and quite a, like, a, a really extreme sporty family, like, you know, mentioning that pretty much all of your parents were coaches. You had grandparents that were, you know, heavily involved in sport. It must have been, like, was the whole family, like, you know, going to Christmas or whatever, did the discussion center around sport or like what did that kind of look like? Yeah, you know, like
1: we'd all, you know, when the rugby and stuff was on, we'd go around to one another's house. I remember actually being in my grandparents, they had a crib at one stage. Um, again, from Southland, that's the same as a batch. Like a <laughs> small, small, you know, open plan little shack type thing set up in the Queensland ground. And I remember watching um Otago win the NPC, even though we we're from Southland, watching Otago win the NPC and just like camped around this tiny as tv in my grandparents crib and like watching it you know and with the exception of my dad no one was really involved with rugby um in in that in that room so that that sort of stuff um like um again back to my dad's side of the family my grandpa his dad had had played rugby league for otago rugby for otago and had had coached um rugby league again so more coaching and he was involved (laughs) with he was involved with horse racing so like yeah, it was all on. There's a there's a good um few pictures and some photo albums of us playing softball, um because we had a paddock.
0: <laughs> was it, was it competitive? Like you know when all yeah, the cousins got, and family got together?
1: Yeah, so um it was the three of us who were all um there's th- three years between me and my older brother and two and a half years between my younger brother, and then my uncle and auntie were both good softballers, and then yeah my my grandpa just you know thought he was good at everything. He had a he had a cat that he put on backwards and. My, my granddad used to be a good swimmer and stuff, so yeah, it got like, yeah, we, we're playing here, like, try hit the ball and try get a run, and you know, yeah, no, no
0: mercy on the young ones,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, and the same with um, I went to a Catholic school, and so we had interschool school, um, rugby, netball, uh, in the latter years, some soccer and, and hockey mm-hmm. as well. But um, I remember mum telling dad, I was like, if they're going to play rugby, better teach them how to tackle. And so he just was like, you know, cheek to cheek and she'll be right type of stuff. And, yeah, <laughs> we, we went and played rugby. And, and, and that was, again, quite funny going to high school as soccer players and, and playing rugby league at lunchtime, getting a bit picked off for being you know, soccer player and, and all the homophobic stuff that went with it. But, yeah, just going out there and, and, you know, stepping and fending people and then tackling people and, you know, when they carried on giving you fr- – Few slurs, getting a bit um, rough and tumble with some people, yeah. but you know, holding your own. Yeah, <laughs> you just had to, you know, step your mark on things every now and again. But um, yeah, that was that was the thing, like diverse sporting array, like, and just be able to the confidence to be put your mind to it, just do it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, so you mentioned um, like heading into the university side. You said you wanted to be an optometrist from the time you were twelve. That seems like like, you know, I'm not not know much about optometry, but. I don't imagine it's a career that, you know, like your doctors or your lawyers that the 12-year-old would normally pick. Like did you have an experience where you had yeah. help from an optometrist? Okay, yeah. That no, that my, makes my more sense. My brother did. Yeah. My
1: brother did. So he had glasses oh, okay. um in uh, kindergarten and then I went to his last appointment basically and I yeah. just, um up until then I'd sort of been wanting to be a PE teacher in Queenstown like ski and in, in the winter yeah. and outdoor education and summer type stuff and um yeah then I saw that and I was like well yeah that's cool because my dad was a was it, a phys- was it just was what a- you
0: saw about what yeah. they did or like what was it was it just intriguing the eyes because I mean it is it is fascinating stuff but it just sort of is a bit of an like atypical thing for a 12 year old to get yeah, drawn I, to that early in life
1: I think like my dad was a physics teacher so I grew up sort of going into the physics lab a bit uh, yeah and and then there'd be um, adjoining chemistry labs as well and like so seeing labs and then mm-hmm. my mum was a microbiologist so again going into labs and looking at microscopes and stuff so I sort of had the experience looking at it from that side of things like kind of doing a science experiment yeah for everybody and then of course the glasses I was like well you know that's that's interesting but now with my journey like I said I didn't get into optometry so I did a Bachelor of Science and I did um anatomy and neuroscience and so kind of see the profession now quite holistically you know mm. the eyes just that you know saying literal window to the soul party brain you can see the nervous system there's all this sort of immune functions going on there as well um even when it comes to dry eye it's kind of like linked to dermatology um yeah so
0: is it like yeah. I mean, there's heaps of transfer i eh? like i think i've, I've yeah. only been to optometrist when i've had like bad flare-ups um <laughs> yeah. what's it called <laughs> Like conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis.
1: Type.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, I've had them before. Like, had that a couple of times. It was recurring, and like, I just remember that feeling that you get in your eye, like that swollen. Mm. <laughs> just feel like did the, it's gonna you did explode. The right thing, Man, though. It hurts.
1: <laughs> you did the right thing. The amount of people that come to us like three weeks later. I went to
0: the doctor. I went to the pharmacist. And I was like, well, you're in the right place now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because of my wife, because she had glasses when she was younger. Oh god, um, she ended up getting the um, the laser surgery. Nice when she was in her early twenties. So she hasn't had to worry about um, the glasses or the um, contact lenses or anything like that. But whenever I've had an issue with my eyes, she's like, no, no, straight to the optometrist. Like they they're the ones who know this stuff. So yeah. Well it's <laughs> like if you had someone
1: on the ears, you go to an audiologist, if you you know, everyone knows if your teeth you go to the that dentist, dentist. Yeah. probably comes from like you know d- dental nurses and stuff coming into school so we're just like straight
0: away like oh dentist <laughs> yeah yeah. That mo- the mobile um dental unit that used to come <laughs> yeah they still out come, front of the yeah. school yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah good
0: okay interesting so then what how did you so you obviously had that interest in science and that knowledge of the science background from your family which is is quite interesting um and that sort of with that experience of your brother you pretty much decided and just went after that from there then. Like you chose your subjects at school and everything to line you up with that. And then what happened I guess you can go right through from that. So then what happened at uni so that you did miss out? Because you mentioned about too many spates. So <laughs> Yeah, it was basically that. now um
1: <laughs> I sort of had done pretty good in NCA and just was sort of, you know, you go through the the questions again and be like, Oh yeah, sweet. Where we go. And then you know, I'd do do all right. So I had in my head that I could just like go through the material and I'd do all right. And it was just, it was just a midterm test, you know, um, it's weighted 40%. What does that even mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was like both of them were multi-choice. And yeah, I got 50 and 49% in those. And I was <laughs> like, ah, oh, oh. Oh shit. <laughs> and what yeah. was what was worse back in the hall was a zero was that was trying to get into med and you know had come from um doing Cambridge exams and stuff like that, came back and oh yeah, I got eighty percent and ninety percent and stuff. And you're like, Oh yeah, shit up, you know. Oh dear, I
0: didn't do so good. <laughs> so so did you go through NCA before they had the like with merit and with excellence? For them, for the that...
1: complete thing yeah no yeah i think i think that was like the next year
0: like that's like... that was same as me man and i had a similar sort of thing like it was easy enough for me to get my passes and cruise through and like you'd do all good and so in yeah. my mind i was like sweet or even I guess, even i, English to do do that haters, I got not do was excellence. no like it was no motivation i, can't, I couldn't get a a or a b so i'm like well, okay i'll pass sweet done <laughs> um and it, yeah. it didn't teach me very good habits yeah
1: no no and, and just passing was not good enough you needed a a b plus average and I think I got yeah. like just under a b plus that's what funnily enough ended up at the end of it with just under b plus so that was interesting um <laughs> but yeah I was 26 on the wait list and they were like oh, 26 and how yes, many got in uh so there's 52 places yeah and, they had, and the uh, admissions person told me oh we expect half to decline so I was on that right, right on the edge, oh, and, I, geez. and I found out on my, my day that I didn't get out. Of this. I was like, "Shit, I got a week to a week to sort my life out." So <laughs> for what you to do. Yeah, so the luckily with Otago, that first week doesn't really count. Um, but I just kind of slept on my mate's couch, um, in Cumberland Street, and then, um, found so myself.
0: So did you move back from Auckland?
1: Yeah, I was yeah. and I was in Chicago for the summer, and yeah, yeah. I went, went to Otago, which was made more sense, and was better on the wallet not that it mattered in the long run made, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too many spades um
0: it's various pubs so you so you came back after your first year from Auckland back to Dunedin finished the degree and then did you head back up from yep. entry, Or do they offer because do, they don't offer that in Otago do they
1: no no it's only Auckland so yeah, yeah I got a post interview which was one of the most nervous things I've ever done in my life um yeah l- l- finished up I was, I was telling this to Siobhan you know I'd was On my, my cell phone, and um, and yeah, a conference call, I could just hear these people on the other end of the line and just sweating like profusely. And I and I, I got off, you know, hung up and I was soaked. And I was like, oh well, I guess, I guess that must mean something to me if, if my uh, yeah, body's yeah. reacted that way.
0: <laughs> and yeah, yeah I and, <laughs> and so how old were you when you'd finished that then, like early 20s, 25, before you started the optometry,
1: yeah, 25. Yeah, from my twenty fifth birthday, I had a quarter life crisis meeting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which which was you know the Canton in Kingsland, um, and Kingsland And and yeah, <laughs> waking up in the morning with a pounder um, burger in a McDonald's bag, and I thought, oh yeah, that was a wise decision last night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so then you obviously had to work on improving a few things um, about your study habits over that time. Like how did that? how did you go about that? Was there some sort of like strategy or thing that sort of flipped that switch for you? Was it just, you realized, you know, you you should have done better and you didn't. or how did, how did you kind of change that mindset?
1: Um, It was, it was a journey. That was for sure. Um, So the second part of the year um, I compared how people studied and started doing that. Um, So that, that helped. And um, that's where I almost got in despite wasting so much of a mark on those on chemistry and human body systems um mm-hmm. then when i went to otago uh, the first year was okay um but the the anatomy subjects that i'd done i'd done well in. and so i got put into pre-honors and as part of that we did research um as as a whole subject i think for the whole year even and That really taught me, like, here's how you look at a paper. Here's how you withdraw information. Here's how you cite. Um, And so that's kind of got in my head, like, oh, that's actually how you read and analyze stuff and remember stuff. And, like, the knowledge base is way wider than what's taught. And so you need to, you know, actually study this stuff, (laughs) not just, like, oh, the lecturer said this. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially as you get through the years, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was that was really handy. And then yeah, once once it was getting into the course it was just a matter of it was more a matter of doing it and passing and you know, passed passed yeah. reasonably well. But um yeah, not not you needed again, you need a B plus for honors and I think I was two to four G point you know, two to four point zero four um GPA out of that. So that was a bit of a bummer, but doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Cool, man. So you studied. When did you finish up all your studies then? Was that when you were 25? Was that later than 25 when you finished? No, that was when I was,
1: yeah, I was when I was 25. So uh, um, we were classed of 2013. So yeah. yeah, coming up on, on um, 10 years
0: of uh, practice, which is pretty busy. <laughs> so obviously, there's a bit of a story then to how you ended up because you're Tokurai. Is that right?
1: <laughs> yeah now i've um i've been that song i've been everywhere um <laughs> I started, yeah. yeah i start i started out in christchurch but that was after i'd intended to go to hobart um <laughs> and then i shifted up to the wakato um yeah. with with the partner i had then um we lasted sort of two and a half years there um we had my daughter while we were there and we'd bought a house while we were there and then we decided that we'd move to australia god knows why um and that was awesome Uh, that was where i started doing crossfit which was great um i did play rugby there but i probably shouldn't have um this is post concussion post concussion and the standard uh is pretty pretty low um with with the players and refereeing and, and attitudes, but that's all right. Um, met some people, I guess, is what I got out of that. Um, and yeah, then we came back to New Zealand and went to Hawke's Bay, um, and that's where we separated. And um, to be closer to my daughter, after about a year, yeah, it was pretty much a year, just over a year, the um, opportunity came to move to Tokoroa, and so that's how I moved here. Um, but now I actually work in Taupo. So, <laughs> so,
0: you, so you commute.
1: At the moment, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, my my new partner, she's moved up here, and um, with her daughter, and um, yeah. So we we commute commute to school, commute to work, uh, make it work, and um, yeah, pick up my daughter, um, yeah. on on three weekends a month, and and get her for some holidays as well. So, yeah, we we see a lot of a lot of her, and um, her and my my stepdaughter get on really really well, and yeah, yeah it's pretty so awesome. So you've got
0: two two girls then
1: yeah two girls you're the only man <laughs> yeah in the house yeah yeah it's um there's you know the few theories on that is that you're running too hot um that's one of the one of the theories um my mate uh tom snabs interestingly he's had some girls too um so he sort of thinks that hyper men need need some um female to balance them out <laughs> But um yeah, given my parents had uh, three boys, I've, I've joked to my brothers who have all got girls as well, that we need next time one of us is planning to have kids, we need to go down to Chicago for for a period <laughs> of time and, and, and might have more luck.
0: Cool off, of off of it. Cool off of it. So so how old are um the girls? Yeah,
1: five and eight. Five um and eight. Ju- just just and yeah, just turned five and, and um eight at the very start of the year. So uh, year four that's right and I um, about to start school next term so yeah there's there's some st- still finalizing need to go on there but that's all right <laughs> it's another <a> matter
0: <laughs> so um some of some of the stuff I've noticed by following you for a little while on Instagram um, Ryan is that you you chop wood um, yep. so I'm just curious and if I think I saw in your story today quite a full um, or, or quite the stack of wood how <laughs> how has that kind of become a hobby for you? Was that out of necessity? Is that something you've actually done as a a sport, or where does no. that kind of fit?
1: No, so yeah, there's there's sort of a lot of crossover with that. We had a, a log burner growing up, so mm. we'd always get wood. Um, uh, sometimes that'd be fouled trees um, living slightly out of town. People would have felled trees, and you'd be able to go get wood. Um, mm. So. My old man was handy with a chainsaw. Never taught me, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you'd, you'd then have to chop wood. Um, and then at Otago, um, working at the Captain Cook Tavern, we were lucky enough to have Bobby Darling, who's still a lumberjack. I think he's the, a couple of times world champion on the Jack and Jill saw. So that's man and, yeah. man and woman sawing a, a, a log. Um, and he was competing at the Rural Games the other week. Um, and yeah, you think you did all right. But um, yeah, um, and then I've, I've actually interviewed Jack Jordan, who's who won at the Rural Games, and he won last year at the World Championships of this real cool knockout competition they have where they um, they run a, a standard saw, they do an overhead, they come back and they do a um, buck saw, that's the actual hand saw one, and then they go into a standing block. And yeah, that, that's how I love the Is sport. Is that all back to back? back to back and then knockout knockout competitions he said he blew his ass out eh? it, was, it was crazy um yeah going to the tech um what are they to a sports um growing up one new year's to, to cycle race and, and there's um wood chopping on um going to the easter show in auckland seeing wood chopping um crazy stuff like you know hot saws and um I, I love the springboard one where they sort of hit, hit a block and put in a board, jump on top of that, hit another yeah. one, jump on that, and then knock the top off. They had the tree climber there, so it's like a 20-meter 20, 20 pole that they kind of, like, climb up and then knock the top off and then fall all the way down, like, on purpose, and yeah. land at the bottom. It's a race. Of, like, it's an awesome sport. Um, but then when it comes to living in Tokoroa, I've got had yeah. a wood, wood burner at the flat I started off with and a wood burner here. And because there's so many people that are involved in forestry. I say, forestry is um, massive up there, isn't it? Yeah. Um you people just drop rounds off on, on your on your lawn. It's, it's quite good. But then of course you So have you them.
0: ever competed?
1: No, just appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, there I must sort of get along to the um Club. But then it's like one of those things, like all the things that you can do, like um yeah. <laughs> you know, there's only so many hours in the day.
0: Um, yeah 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 my
1: girlfriend, my girlfriend already gives me a hard
0: enough time that she never sees me <laughs> <laughs> well mate 300 or so episodes uh yeah because <laughs> i oh, look just like what 280-ish ones that you've called episodes and you've got a bunch of other ones on the podcast i don't I don't know if we want to go there yet um i might just rewind back a little bit to having baby and kind of your fitness or or training that you were doing prior to that um you know what, what sort of that looked like and I guess, because I think there's quite a few, you know, new dads that listen to this, and I've had a few new dads message me about some stuff, and I always like to get into that bit, because for me, it's always, you know, it's it's fresh, it's new. Right? I'm, I'm still new to this. My boy's only two. Um, yeah. we'd, we'd like to have another one at some stage, so we're going to have to go through that baby stage again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I think that's probably the biggest change is that first baby. So what did life and training kind of look like for you? Because at this stage, you'd given up, rugby or had kind given up you know
1: yeah <laughs> basically, um, basically I was under the ultimatum that I wasn't playing, and I was pretty itchy because we'd we'd won both seasons I'd been at hotdapu, and so that was like quite hard to walk away from um <laughs> so yeah, I had it in my head that I at least wasn't going to play the first first round, and then the whole going to Australia thing came up, so I was pr- you know pretty certain that um. I wasn't going to get to play for Hotapu. so yeah mm. um I had a sort of home gym then at the time my neighbor who was who's a builder and an ex rugby player um he had a bunch of weights that for some reason he said oh you can have them <laughs> like to use and so yeah. I just I just sort of you know would do bench and, and um bench over rows and he had a kettlebell so Jefferson curls and and mm. um sort of kettlebell swings um kettlebell clean and press and all that sort of stuff and um because I sort of would follow Keegan Smith uh since about 2014 and yeah I I was sort of yeah just following him so trying to get handstands mastered trying to get juggling mastered um and you just be strong um up until then I'd sort of done combination of powerlifting and and Olympic lifting movements. Um yeah. <clears throat> always tried to sort of um do chin-ups but was never really good at the sort of more gymnastics movements. Um Dmitry Klokov had a really good Tabata. I used to <laughs> smash that out every now and again whilst I was still going to the gym and <laughs> um yeah he, he He's a freaky. Eh? and so yeah, I just sort of had these general bases of like powerlifting, Olympic lifting, and sort of CrossFit movements, um, gymnastics movements. You know, listening listening to Tim Ferriss and, and um, mm. was it Chris Summers? Gymnastic strength, that sort of stuff. Started running a little bit, um, not nothing serious. Did round the bays, that that sort of in, in the year there, and um, yeah, then when baby came along, it was just kind of like just move in the morning, um, get the sun and yeah, just to try and like recalibrate the system to go to work. Um, luckily, especially when I was in Cambridge, I'd be able to come home yeah. and and sort of touch base and, and not be too far away uh, for the start and the end of the day. Um, and then actually when I was in Ballina in Australia, um, so that was three days a week, I'd be able to come home for lunch. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So when we moved to Australia, I believe it was three years, three months old. And I started oh, doing Oh, wow.
0: You went real yeah. fresh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could probably say that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. So I was going to the 5 a.m. CrossFit class. And, yeah. Um, when you so got to was, Aussie. Yeah. So I'd get up at, it took a while to build up this sort of training capacity to be able to do it especially because i also started playing rugby which I probably shouldn't have um and so yeah the body took a bit of a shock to get used to the training and the rugby and um, but yeah by the by the end of that year i was able to go five six times a week um yeah. once rugby was finished and um yeah get up at four thirty, do some wim hof go into the the gym Um, sort of warm-ups, mobilise and that sort of stuff, get into the hour session, come home, go for a swim at the beach, because we lived over the road from the beach, and then by that stage, all going to plan, um, wake my daughter up, but yeah, that wasn't always the case, um, (laughs) especially early on, Uh, but yeah, um, and then it was, you know, sleep deprivation was gnarly um, my my daughter was a bit colicky she's still a bit rubbish when it comes to going to sleep I staying asleep <laughs> now but yeah going to sleep is still a bit fun but um yeah and then moving back to New Zealand um, I had some you know shitty dumbbells those ones that have the have, I don't know they've got like a thread on the end and you can adapt those so again yeah. I just sort of load one dumbbell up and do kettlebell swings I had one of those door frame bloody chin up bar thing so i'd do that and just sort of again just kind of move um we lived in half clock so i started climbing tomato peak a lot um with billy start off in the front pack and then turn into a backpack and just that sort of resistance training carrying her around the neighborhood was yeah was really good um (laughs) so that's what training looked like there and um yeah then it sort of has crept back into formal gym and crossfit And then sort of the start of last year, um, getting more of a serious home gym. So Olympic bar and 150 kgs and Mm. kettlebell and some dumbbells. And yes, slowly adding to that. Good
0: to see you've got the industrial athletic equipment, mate. I was sponsored by them when I was powerlifting. So when I saw you tag them, I was like, oh, you must be a good man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They they do stunning stuff. And what they did with uh, Logan Dodd's home gym, just, oh, that is amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) cool man so you pretty much kept active the entire time like was it a struggle because you mentioned sleep deprivation and the, like when i hear you saying that you were getting up at 4 30 while you had a three-month-old was that correct that part or, yeah, or that are, you, part... are you a bit delusional and can't remember what time no, it was in the morning?
1: <laughs> that's probably true too um <laughs> I'll, I'll preface that that we were intending to go to bed at like nine o'clock <laughs> yeah 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 but sometimes you'd um, yeah but then I, I wouldn't if it was a one of those one of those nights where you slept on the floor of your daughter's room then, then I didn't necessarily go to the gym so yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, i I did try and balance that out but yeah there was a good yeah four five six I don't know months <laughs> yeah um where things didn't necessarily go to plan which was yeah. which was also quite good because it meant that I didn't go like four weeks in a row five days that i really couldn't handle and get injured and blow yeah. out and not do crossfit even anymore I'd, I'd um yeah and and it was really good coaches at that at that gym and they sort of said hey do like six months of three days and yeah. try come to those three days even some days that you might not have slept that well try and come and get in those three days and that was really good and and, and that was still the rugby season as well so there was Rugby training on top of that. So 10 games. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good sort of ease back into it. And like I said, the, the quality of, of rugby wasn't great. So you weren't exactly um, aerobically exhausted, but you'd still be sore. Um because yeah, yeah, yeah. of because of the contact.
0: Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think that's um that take home there that you're mentioning with the three days a week bit and the being consistent and sort of making it happen you know the whole time like that's one of those things where i think early on but you can kind of beat yourself up if you don't get you know whatever you used to be doing where there might have been you know every day or four days or five days whatever it is and if you're not hitting that you kind of feel like you're failing mm-hmm. um, but i think that's that's pretty cool that your coach was like no nah, no nah, nah, stick to three days you know commit to it and get those three days in you know, you're not thinking in your head, oh, I have to get six, you know, like, you, you yeah. could do three and you actually felt like you won, you know, because yeah. you got all your sessions in.
1: And and that was also the good thing about having those skills up here and like to be able to do, you know, a big set of lunges, a big set of um, calf raises, some handstands, pressing, you know, calisthenic mm-hmm. work um, could f- fill the time and, and you can sort of, yeah. you, you, you brought up off here about uh, using my daughter as a weight. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when when they're windy and, and whatever, it's quite good to just sort of like put them above <laughs> your head and side to side and do some twists and, you know, all the, you know yeah. give yourself, a, you know, not much weight, but but uh, um, something something's
0: off- always better than nothing. <laughs> yeah,
1: something to offset the balance, you know, and and uh, me- meanwhile, they're going and going and, and um, getting burps out of the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I think it's something, yeah, like that whole do what you can. With what you can, and one of the things that you've also had pretty much almost throughout that entire time, maybe not quite Australia, I'm not sure, was having access to the home gym. How's that kind of been for you? Like having a, a garage gym that you can just run into and get some stuff done—is that something you've utilized a lot, or have you preferred being in the, you know, group environment? What's your kind of? Yeah, I. Feel around I, that. It was really good when I
1: first got it, because um, I, in the job I had here had great intentions of working in um hamilton once once a week um that would have made it easier for me to go up and get my daughter but also um being able to go to a session at um one of the crossfit gyms in in hamilton so as part of that you got access to the coaching app and Mm. that just just meant um i was able to basically didn't have to think about programming and just just do it yeah which was awesome but then um they sort of got sold to new owners and and they cleaned up their membership um and obviously I hadn't been to a class in in forever I think (laughs) I think I I managed to get four if I was lucky out of the 10 classes which was a real shame and that was just because of the realities that I wasn't able to go work in Hamilton because I don't know for six of those months they were locked down which was which was pretty pretty rough on them and and rough on Mm. the gym as well but um And I think that was also why there was so much programming in the app was because so many people were having to do their workouts from home, yeah, because of lockdown. Made it
0: possible for people, eh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: that losing that was a a little bit tougher to have to go back and and do programming. Um, I sort of with topo, I started trying to go up uh, Mount Tahrar a bit, um, and and then I'd, I'd have. The knees over toes app as well so i kind of fit that in and then yeah it was it sort of became more like doing some deadlifts and, and and things like that and then again back to sleep and sleep deprivation it, it becomes when you're commuting which is which is part of why we want to move to topo is you yeah know, you've got to get up at 5am um and yeah don't yeah by the time you get home and cook dinner and stuff you're kind of not really in a position to work out so it's get up at five
0: am yeah 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 I, I think sometimes the early starts man, like that like it, it almost has to be done you know sometimes like you mentioned the 4 30 starts in those early days. for me, that's been one of the things that with Harvey, I've kind of almost had to become as like a morning trainer which previously, that would be the last thing I would possibly want to do. You know, I'd want to train after work, you know, four or five o'clock, whatever it might be when you finish up and and then spend a bit of time doing it like that. And then we had Harvey and I'm like, if I want to see more of my son, I have to change my daily routine. You know, mm. like I, I have to edit what I'm doing and, and reprioritize that. So it became, well, you know, your training is less of a priority. So you don't need to do it when you're going to feel like you can lift the most weight or anything like that. You know, when you're going to be at your peak actually mate just get it done in the morning it's something that you want to do you want to prioritize and if you want to fit that around family you're going to have to put it early in the day so that you can then see your son later in the day because mm. if you're at work for eight hours man you, you sort of miss a lot of the um good stuff you know like the fun times and that if you if you then came home and didn't even you know you just went and trained and then if yeah. you put it at night time before you go to sleep then you don't see your partner or your wife so it's like <laughs> sort of became for me a, a well I want to do it. This is the only time I got. So I guess I'm getting up in the fives instead of, you know, the sevens or the sixes.
1: Yeah. I, I had to laugh listening to Edward today. He was talking about he was getting up, you know, just to do meditation. And um he said then all of a sudden your child's up and it's like, Oh, what are you doing, mate? This is my this is my <laughs> time. But um the 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 good thing as they get that little bit older is um one, you can just take them in there. Um although yeah. I think I think the old um um, Bassinet type thing can still work in the home gym. Uh, yeah, <laughs> never, never tried that one. But um, yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, oh, I was about to do that session, but you were up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Funny enough, Harvey actually, he's just well, recently the last sort of month or so, month or two maybe, he's being able to get through the doors and stuff. Like he can open up the doors, and I was uh, so I went for a, what I'm doing often in the mornings at the moment is like a short run and then doing some lifting following that, and I was back in the in the platform at home and I was. Doing some bench, whatever it was. And then I heard the door go, and I'm like, ah, oh, Sash must just be going to see Harvey. She must have heard him crying. She's going to go sit with him um, for a little bit. And then I hear another door handle going, and I'm like, hang on.
1: <laughs> yeah, the little he, one. <laughs> he, he
0: pops in and he's like, pull-ups points at the bar and it's just like oh man I, I think you should go back to sleep because it's you know <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah go have a lie down with mum <laughs> yeah, it's
0: hard to bench when you've got a, a little one around you because you know if you are pushing anywhere near failure you kind of don't want to risk that they could be putting their hands somewhere or whatever so yeah, yeah um, that's right. I, I just prefer not to risk that so I'm like nah mate out you go <laughs> yeah yeah no that's cold <laughs> Although you know, if I'm doing pull ups or something else, yeah, definitely, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, I've yeah. I've got no issues with that. You know, I I don't mind Harvey seeing me being active and the fact that he asked to do pull ups. You know, like I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, that he's seen me do that and he thinks that's a cool thing to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've we've got gymnastics rings, and they even our garage is a bit low, so they're low rings, but. Mm that's perfect for the girls because they yeah. it's like the perfect height for them to do you know, skin the cat and they just basically swing on them. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, just, you know, you can be deadlifting or cleaned or whatever, you, you know, with the bar and, and they're occupied on, on the rings and, and they just go in there, go in there themselves as well, which is, which is really cool. That, um, yeah. that sort of active thing. And like, um, I'm part of this really good group of guys, uh, Called uh, Circle of Savages, and we've sort of come up with a challenge each month. We've done um, uh, farmers carry for a k, and then we've done one thousand metres elevation in a run. Um, and also through that month, there was sort of the aims to try and run as high as Mount Everest and uh, sorry sorry Mount aspiring <laughs> What am I talking about? Mal Cook, Alaki, um, <laughs> and then like um, real just go with, go with Everest, mate. It's a yes, story. Everest, uh,
0: yeah, that's
1: that's on that's on this month. The old um, oh, um, Everest challenge. And then this month it was a thousand burpees, and so that's what I've, I've done today is a uh, thousand burpees, which um, to do it in one day. Ah, uh, so that was sort of the we, we broke it down into sort of three standards that um yeah, one day or two days or three days top top stuffs. So, yeah, so we. We're trying to sort of get people to get out of their way do do something that exceeds their capability mm. um but you can actually achieve it and and um yeah feel really really good that um elevation challenge there was a a, a lady from sort of the Hauraki plans she went up um falls like eight times or something she did she did nearly over 3000 meters throughout the month it was so awesome she weighed way more than me yeah but <laughs> I got sick, so I, I sort of skimped on the on the going up Mount Tahara, But yeah, I did get to do the one thousand metres in a in a session thing, which was which was cool. Went up Tongariro um, with my mate who's training. Oh, he did it, just finished it. Did yeah. the um, Noosa fifty fifty k ultra, so that was cool to... Sort of run with him. He was far more prepared than me and my other mate. But yeah, we had a good day in the fog. Yeah, we yeah. didn't see we didn't see much up there.
0: <laughs> that's always a risky run with that. Eh, you don't know what yeah. sort of day you're going to get. And if you you don't get a clear one, well, you don't get a clear one. <laughs>
1: well, I, I was just I was just looking at the weather forecast. Be like, what's the wind doing? And there was no yeah. wind. So I was like, well, we're going. Like it doesn't matter if we if it's raining. We could we'll be right there with that. But if it's windy, then
0: uh, that's yeah. not so good. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> Um, and then the other thing I guess we haven't chatted much about, well, there's two things. I kind of want to get into um, a little bit of the running side at some stage. But before we do, I just wanted to sort of learn a little bit about the the dynamic and the family dynamics with your daughter and um, your stepdaughter, if, if you're happy to go into that. like Because for yeah. some people, that's real natural and that works real good. And other people, it can be challenging. I just wondered how you've kind of navigated, um, I guess, that part of parenthood for you, because it's you know, something that some people deal with and some people don't. So I'm just curious as to how that's kind of worked in your in your yeah, experiences.
1: Um, I had some good advice from people that had had that situation. They were basically like do whatever you can. Um, mm-hmm. Really good mate. Also being like just, you know, prioritise that to make that work yeah. and then go from there. So that's some, unfortunately, um, it's meant my career has been a bit topsy-turvy. um, Sort of, yeah, onto a third third or fourth job in in three years type thing. But anyway, that's that's all right. Um, But yeah, just that mindset. Um, Once the sort of lockdown stuff ended, I went and did the, I think it's called parenting through separation course, which is really valuable. Um, If anything ever does happen, that's something that you have to have done. And then we've done one session of mediation and we're about to do another one. Um, and that's again a prerequisite for doing mediation is that you should have done this parenting through separation course. So that's sort of um, gaining a few perspectives from different people, um, having some support mm. support in that. I'm really lucky that my family is super supportive, um, and same with my partner. She's super supportive, and um, just that we're going to make it work. Um, yeah, we did long distance for eighteen months. Um, while well, she's stayed in Hawke's Bay with her daughter. And um, yeah, so we sort of, with the move for them to come up here, we had to navigate that with um, her father and, and that's all worked out. Um, and you, again, when it comes to him from my perspective and my partner's perspective, we're super su- supportive for um, her daughter to be seeing um, her dad. So yeah, yeah. That's a that's our sort of perspective on it. Um, now with with school, um, it's going to be um, that's what we are going to go do mediation <laughs> on, unfortunately. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just going to be ah, how do we maintain this really good um, parenting agreement that we got? Mm-hmm. Um, th- three weekends a a month is really awesome. It's enough connection, um, and then every, pretty much every day, um, I'm on um, Messenger with her and trying to have a chat with her sometimes yeah. she's is, is like yeah bye dad and i my like,
0: oh, <laughs> like no but but talk to me yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it's funny you're talking about like um kids and stuff and 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 being that example of fitness and things she rang me about for 3 30 um to be like dan I'm just doing my pilates and i was like oh, okay which was throwing a, a sort of half inflated ball at a window i was like i don't think that's <laughs> quite a good idea like cool good keep doing pilates but maybe don't throw the ball at the break break your grandparents window yeah that's cool so yeah i got a got a bit of good yarn out of her today but then yeah problem we've got kids messenger but even there that's just
0: like filters and games and stuff and like yeah How
1: mm-hmm. about yeah, well how was your day <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an interesting one hey that whole um trying to chat to a child virtually like we have obviously um well not obviously our grandparents don't live locally neither of um the sets of grandparents and so like whenever harvey sees them on there he'll try and grab the phone off you yeah. but he always has this thing where he'll start playing them videos like he i don't yeah. think he has any idea what he's doing but, you know, it'll be, like, here, like, right up under his chin and all of that sort of stuff. And you're just like, mate, like, he's not yeah. actually interested in what they're saying. He's just like, there's a picture here. And, like, oh, look, they can press another button.
1: Yeah, my niece, my youngest niece is almost two, and we we just got a cat when they moved up. And, yeah, so now whenever she sees me, she's like, um, meow, see, meow, see, meow. And it just cra- <laughs> cracks me up because when we were living in Havelock with Billy, that was what she'd want to do, just go see all the cats in the <laughs> neighbourhood. Yeah. Like a- yeah comes around again
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so with the with the running you've have you done an ultra
1: done one yeah so that was again that was a bit of a healing process um it was good um just gave me something to concentrate on um Mm. and yeah um showed me that i could do something hard again um you know put your mind to it and achieve it Um, i set out to do 101 which was probably too much really um, but, yeah, I did 54 through Bank's which Peninsula. Run, which one was it? Uh, so it was called the Aotearoa Ultra. It's still yeah. running. Um, it's in Bank's Peninsula. So we started sort of halfway up Bank's Peninsula, um, did two sort of reasonably good-sized hills and then um, one big slog up Mount Herbert. So that was just under a 1,000 metres and 21 K. So that was... That was pretty hardy, and I was feeling pretty good up the top of that, and then I came down the hill, and uh, that's when the legs blew up. Yeah, all all of my tendons and things decided to go. Yeah, we've had enough now, Um, (laughs) and and then I got like a little bit lost. That sort of, you know, not only was I sore, but I was a bit dejected (laughs) as I watched a whole bunch of people that had just passed at the top get past me. Um, But yeah, no, then. uh, So so how far
0: did you end up going? It was fifty-four
1: k's, yeah. yeah, seven seven hours forty-five or something like that, or thirty and forty-two seconds or something around there. Yeah, <laughs> seven and a half, seven and three-quarter hours. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was it was like one of those things uh, going out out of Giddy's Pass on that road that's called the Bastard up there. I was calling it worst things. Um, my parents being like, <laughs> "How are you getting on?" And I'm like, "Yeah, pretty sore, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, still smiling." Had you um, done
0: like marathon at all before nah. that?
1: What no, so, about a I, half? No, I don't. You hit stra-
0: uh, straight from a few five or 10 Ks or something you mentioned around the bays.
1: Yeah, around the bays and around the bridges in Hamilton. Um, and yeah, um, I was a reasonably good cross-country runner at mm. high school and things like that. Just, I think, from being you fit. having a good base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you having a good base. Exactly that. You're having a good base. Um, but yeah, not the, I still don't really have it in my legs, um, but they're better. Uh, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah
0: um, have we got any plans to to try and do the 101 eventually or no oh, there's
1: probably a it's probably a long way away um I'd, I'd need to do i think a few half marathon trails i think mm. um, um i think the pod one would be a good one to do um it's not so elevated um, but a, a nice trail um i managed to go on a hunt and into the Amaru River catchment and, and you walk through Potanui Station. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, so that'd be cool to to sort of do 21Ks in there. Mm. Um, and there's another one that's not too long up in, up in um, uh, Whakapapa, I think. It's, it's part of the uh, Ring of Fire and, and the goat, I think.
0: I was going to say, part... is that the goat? I'd heard of that one. Honestly, all these things that you're describing running through bushes and uphills, uh, even though... I would, you know, have to class my, classify myself as a runner because I run several times a week. does <laughs> not appeal to me at the moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: not not saying it won't ever, but I'm just saying at the moment when I think, it, oh, hills, man, like, I don't know if it's because I was a powerlifter and I was heavier when I first started, you know, doing yeah. a bit more cardio. And so I've just got this, like, I don't know, mental block
1: <laughs> yeah. of
0: running up hills. It's getting better, but, like, I don't know, man, hills still, poor i i am not a fan but i can kind of understand when you get to see the beauty at the top of some of those things um, you know I,
1: de- I definitely prefer like an eight minute wad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. is it more but, the challenge for you that's kind of the reason you love the hills like yeah it the hunting what does it sort of come from yeah so that, that's sort of my
1: motivation for getting better at it because um when you are hunting like and, and that's why I don't want to move away from lifting weights and, and being strong yeah. as well. Because like I said, with that um, walk through Poranui, I was uh, cardio fit, but not necessarily been doing that much strength and walking the sort of uh, three hours through Potanui with a pack on your back, even though it was flat, it just mm-hmm. like, and I done that bloody farmer's carry so i think kind i of blown out a few of my large larger muscles and yeah so i just got to the heart like zonked and i was like oh okay so it's not you still not quite finding that balance right so yeah it it's awesome to be especially while you're hunting and you're not carrying so much to be able to zip up and down spurs and and like if yeah. you saw an animal far away like get there um like a. i, I read a bunch of hunting books those other podcasts we were talking about are from hunting books yeah. um yeah and just hearing some of the yarns about these guys back in the day you're like you guys are awesome like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just going, for, just going for missions way up streams way up mountains and stuff like that so you're yeah, having that in the back pocket pocket's kind of my motivation to dabble in ultra running um and then with being in Tobal this this year, seeing the, the Ironman stuff and my mm-hmm. bo- my boss in Hawke's Bay while I was tra- training for the ultramarathon, he trained and, and did it. Um so that's that's on the on the one day list. And um I've been sort of getting back into swimming a little bit in the I was, lake.
0: I was gonna ask that. If you got running and swimming, like with with cycling are you interested in any of those sorts of things? So you kind don't. of
1: I did I did cycling for a while, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no yeah. wonder you can go out and do these, you know, cardio things, mate. You've been <laughs> yeah, you've been doing something aerobic the entire way through pretty much, haven't you?
1: Yeah, and I think that's what again back to that base where we were talking about, what did me well when it came to sevens is the ability to yeah. work over and over and over and over again. Um, even though I, I wasn't the fastest one and unfortunately I wasn't the tallest one. Um, but yeah, when it came to making sure we had the ball, I was, I was quite effective at that.
0: Yeah. And you, yeah, you probably just didn't slow down as much as everyone else. So yeah. by the end of the second half, you know, yeah. you, you still had some legs.
1: Yeah. And there would, there would be, you know, with the, the broken play would happen in the second half and I'd be the person on the shoulder and get the ball. And it was like, yeah, well, we <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm identifying my problem here. I was probably too much of a power athlete and didn't do <laughs> enough fitness in my younger years because I was a sprinter at high school. Um, nice. And then I got into powerlifting, so I guess maybe there's. Oh, a you'll be doing. You'll, do it, you'll be doing
1: a two-minute marathon then,
0: mate. <laughs> <laughs> I I did a marathon um, in Queenstown in 2017, and I was doing CrossFit at the time. So yeah, I thought I'd try and be clever and just do three runs a week. Yeah. Um, to train for the marathon one one long run one interval run and then one sort of you know shorter run i didn't really read enough probably about how to train for a marathon at the time or i just was naive and underestimated how hard a marathon would actually be um but i I remember you mentioned about your tendons and stuff going i got to probably like 32 33ks ish um and and then my quad like it it literally looked like it disappeared like that's what happened with the cramp (laughs) It was just gone, like just above the kneecap, you know, we have that little teardrop, but it just, it was gone. Like it just like sucked itself in. I've never seen it do anything like that in my life. <laughs> um, and and I probably put that down to the hills, right? I, I read on the Queenstown Marathon website that it's flat out beautiful. And I thought, oh, flat, sweet. That sounds good to me. I didn't realise it was talking about the beauty. It wasn't talking about the fact that it's still an undulating course. And I don't think I'd been to Queenstown, so I didn't quite understand that. Yeah that if you're running 40k's around the Queenstown region it like there's going to be a few a few hills along the way there was nothing crazy like i i don't want to oversell it it's not like i was running it's you know like yourself up the mountain but there were hills and there was coming downhills and my legs had not been adjusted to that downhill but and man yeah that last seven k's after having done a bit of undulation early on compared to running around the flat streets of palmy um (laughs) i I was not amply prepared
1: (laughs) yeah even that sort of getting around the strut over bridge and then you've got a long climb up back into franklin and then you got to drop back down onto, yeah. the, onto the lake trail you know that's a, you go down quite fast get down to the lake trail and you're like oh shit there we're away now.
0: <laughs> yeah and i think that was where it started to get real bad was after that but once you're sort of closer to queenstown like the central Queenstown. And it was sort of more like the township almost. Mm-hmm. I, that, yeah. I remember that's when I, like, someone was running past me and they are like, do you need some salt? And I was like, just give me anything. Like, I'll try anything. They just threw me these salt tablets. I'd never tried them, but I'm like, mate. I
1: th- <laughs> yeah, I, I did <laughs> that coming. up the, up the <laughs> top of Mount Herbert. There was a guy, that, he was he was streaks ahead for ages. I think he did end up beating. No, no, I think I did manage to get in front <laughs> of him. That would be embarrassing. But, yeah, he was... Again, probably had a similar situation of, where's my quad gone? I said, are you all right? Have these, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll help. <laughs> yeah, yeah it
0: was, it's an interesting thing, eh? Like when you sort of, and that's a thing, like being ill-prepared, you kind of didn't know what was going to, I didn't know what was going to happen. I hadn't run further than about 32. And when I ran the 32, there's a little bit of hills, but it was predominantly flat. Um, and it was real funny because I had planned to, um, don't think I've told this story on the podcast before, hopefully not, um, but, but I was, I'd left my brother behind at the, you know, 22, 23 Ks because we'd been for a run probably two weeks prior after I'd started to taper back my Ks. And I'd, like, had to drag him through a half marathon, basically, two weeks out type thing. Well, that's what it felt like to me. He might have a different perspective of it. Um, So (laughs) I was like, yeah, mate, right, you know, wave goodbye. We'll see you at the end, you know, (laughs) Um, 22 Ks. And then he says about 7 Ks or so out from the end, he sees this guy and he's like, man, that looks that looks like Hayden, it can't be Hayden, though. Like he'll, he'll be going all right, because I was walking, and he could see me in the distance walking, yeah. sure enough, he catches up to me, and I'm like, nah mate, I'm, I'm in a world of hurt, like, my quad's gone, and <laughs> thankfully he was nice to me, and he, you know, he didn't just pass me and carry on to the end, we ended up crossing the finish line together, which was quite nice, he dragged me through the end there. What a um, champ. <laughs> we, we both didn't run times that we had, you know, <laughs> thought we might be possible and we both had the reality of a marathon hit us. so I probably need to do another one again now that I'm actually running you know fairly consistently um yeah. and have a bit of a better handle on what I actually would need to do to prepare um and also just include some hills maybe
1: <laughs> yeah I think I was I think I was lucky because I, I was training for so much further um, I had the confidence factor that I'd almost done this and yeah. so it, it wasn't so bad, I think I'd done 46k's twice um, yeah. in, in training, so yeah, I knew that, you know, another 6k's I can get there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was still the reality of like, how does it even go and, and being in Hawke's Bay I, I didn't have as many hills or mm. volume of hills that were in the run, and so yeah, if I was to go back and do that one, I'd be running a lot of hills i'd be i'd be down at, be Tongari... at
0: tomato peak just every day
1: yeah no you would you'd have to do tomato peak like four times um <laughs> yeah no i'd I'd be down at bloody um tongariro every day yeah. yeah 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 well not every day but yeah at least once a week trying to get that that elevation in yeah
0: yeah, it's a it's a different thing, eh? like, and I think that's just part of being prepared. And you know, compared to doing something for the first time versus having a bit of experience, you sort of you bank those memories, and you're like, right. So if I do that again, these are a couple of things that I have to change. A, don't think you're going to be a crossfitter and do the marathon if you <laughs> yeah. if, if you want to do the marathon. Well, right, if yeah. you want to finish it, all good. Um, <laughs> but you probably need to be a bit more respectful of the distance. I think is probably my my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Cool, man. So um, was there anything else that you kind of wanted to cover off? I, I think we've kind of gone over a bit of stuff there and we're sitting around the hour mark. So was was there anything else you wanted to cover off before we sort of got into those final three?
1: No, no, it's been lots of fun having. <laughs> let's get into these final three.
0: Cool. So you've you've had a chance to uh, prepare for these, which is good. So let's, let's jump in. So that first one, um, is one key parenting tip or word of advice for new dads so someone who's in their first um, few years of being a dad um it's sort of on the
1: this two shall pass um, mantra but especially when it came to um colic i'd sort of you know um calm my daughter down uh, do all the tricks there's thousands of them and i don't know which ones actually worked but um something did sometimes um and then you'd like lay her down and of course the laying down motion would move another ear pocket and then she'd be upset again so then i'd have lift lift her up again and, and hug her um and it was very much like she needed me that whole time and so i just sort of flipped the idea that it was like you Know one day you're not going to get these hugs and just mm. so just make the most of these hugs. Like this is hard, uh, but you know, this is a pretty pleasant, hard and and this, you know, we all love to be needed, so <laughs> make, make, make the most of being needed,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. With two year old Harvey, mate, I I I know exactly what you mean because sometimes it's no dad, go away, want mum, and I'm like, oh man, I just want to hug,
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, so that- I, that, that's where I am. I am lucky that I, on the weekends I, I, I get inundated with dad. I want to hug, all of them. I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm in the middle of making your breakfast, oh, but you know, yeah, yeah. Always, always try and um, yeah, get down on her level and, and at least give her a, a small hug if, if it's not a not a big one, which is which is always awesome.
0: That's good. I like that one, mate. This too shall pass. Uh, the second <laughs> one there, um, the most helpful new habit you've implemented in the last year, and I'm going to follow this up with another question after you've finished. Your answer, unless it is the same. Um, but yeah, the most helpful new habit you've implemented in the last year and it doesn't have to be limited to just training or parenthood. It could kind of be anything.
1: Um, the last year has been pretty chaotic. <laughs> um, but I think I, I went and watched Aaron Walsh talk um, and I'd listened to him on a couple of podcasts as well. He's mental skills with the Chiefs now. Um, once, once um, PG had left and he's now with Scotland Rugby. He's been with um, Softball New Zealand for a while and he put up the mantra of win um, and mm-hmm. that's what's important now. Um, and yeah. so that, you know, especially when you feel pretty overwhelmed um, with what's going on, things out of your control, or well, then you've really got to go, well, I can't actually do anything about those. Um, so what's important now? Um, and then you can get on with it. And like what is the behavior that I want to want to act with? What are the things that I can do? Um, you know and then you can move forward with that. So that little mantra has been great. I've, I try and journal quite a bit um, and that's one of the things that goes on my top line. There's a start again from old Richie McCall movie. Um, What's important now? and uh and and33,000 which are 33,000 average days that you'll live in in your lifetime and 86,400s, how many seconds there are in a day. And so those two things are a bit around memento moro, which is a stoic philosophy, and just trying to be like, you know, your numbers are ticking away. And then with the seconds thing, if that last second was shit, uh, you've still got (laughs) more of those to to make a difference. So that's that's what those two numbers trigger, trigger me with.
0: That, that's good, and you got into what I was going to ask you about, it was the journaling, because um, when i when I've seen your Instagram stories, I've noticed every day there's sort <laughs> yeah. of a, a quote from Marcus Aurelius or or someone. Yeah, um, I have, I have read that meditation.
1: Eh? I've, I've read that meditations. That's it's pretty <laughs> like insightful thing that somebody uh, I think around like AD uh, sorry mm. BC sorry um, wrote these ideas that are still so relevant um yeah
0: yeah yeah I I my wife got me a well she, she was at a bookshop one day and she said oh what book do you want a book and I said oh is there meditations there by chance she's like what is wrong with you Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I picked it up. so for like she's got two... me a
0: little little pocket copy basically yeah. of it that I've every now and again I'll flip through and read a little bit um not not as regularly as I probably should but it's quite interesting to kind of actually read through it because you see these excerpts from it you know that are plastered yeah. over the internet but kind of to read through some of it is actually quite interesting eh?
1: yeah and and another really good one to get introduced to it's ryan holidays um daily stoic and and especially the daily stoic journal so they had that at their crossfit gym i went to Mm -hmm. and so when i was warming up on the on the air don, i'd have the day's page there and and i'll read it and and, um he sort of puts his own sort of uh, musings on the, the quote that he talks about, and then there's yeah. a space to journal on it in the Daily Stoic Journal. So I've that, just yeah. um,
0: brought a Ryan Halliday one on pre-order because I follow his um, Daily Dad and I get the emails that he has, oh, Daily Dad. No. I so didn't know
1: he'd done that. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty
0: cool. He has a subscription thing, and it's almost, I think it's every weekday or something like that uh, mm-hmm. thing comes through. It's just like his thought basically about being a dad for the day, and there's all sorts of stuff covered in there. But he's just put out, or he's putting out a book. He's just finished his book um that's called the same sort of thing as that the daily stoic but it's the daily dad so it's kind of that sort of same wisdom or way of thinking um applied to fatherhood so i was like oh, i better pick up a copy of that because i've been subscribed to this email for whatever it'd be nice to have a tangible kind of yeah. you know, copy in front of me that i can i can have a read of so I, d- I can't actually remember when it comes out but it's one of those ones i thought hey i'll buy it i'll forget i've done it and then it'll turn up random and I'm like oh that's right this is good i'll have read that <laughs>
1: I Need to do the same with um Peter Attia's book. Um, that,
0: that, yeah, I saw a head release one,
1: yeah, that'll be that's, that's a good idea, right? Like, I bought that, then it shows up, you know, like, oh, yeah. okay, No, <laughs> now, now I can, because I'm gonna read,
0: <laughs> got a present, you know, you get a courier parcel turn up that you weren't expecting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, man. And then on to that last one, obviously, you can't recommend yourself, but we can, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can, um chat a little about your podcast just to finish off after this, but um, a book or podcast recommendation for people to check out.
1: Um, So they're sort of one and the same. And when it comes to the podcast, he's he still does do some great podcasts here and there. I don't listen to them as much anymore. But Tim Ferriss, like most people know him for, um, for our work week, mm. um, which still has some relevant stuff in there. But uh, Tools of Titans and Tribe of Mentors, both are really awesome a bit like the Ryan holiday books like snapshot books that you can pick up and put down and you know it's easy to um get through a page and have known learned something or get through you know three or four page chapter or or is it one of them like this thick yeah they're massive (laughs) and and that's like that's like the flip side of it they're massive and so you've always got something to read but the each it's broken broken down into so many little elements, especially tribal mentors, cause it's yeah. like and um he, he did a an awesome job to write that book. He basically emailed people and they wrote it themselves. <laughs> 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 you know, back to his four four hour work weeks sort of stuff. How to hack <laughs> how to biohack <buy, laughs> hack a book. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. Yeah. But um yeah, his his podcast yeah. as well, you know, it's still really, really good. Um yeah, he's interviewed some amazing people. Um mm. And and funnily enough, people like Brene, you know, getting me into listening to, listen to Brene Brown, or you know, it's just, yeah. like, you know, wow, yeah, yeah, feelings. What do these mean? Yeah,
0: <laughs> as a Kiwi bloke from you know, hard southern yeah. man drinking his spates. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I can't drink that anymore. I'm gluten intolerant, so <laughs> yeah. It be this North Island. It never of, <laughs> you of need to go back to it. where it's cold, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool,
0: man. So um, speaking of your podcast, I mentioned you've done, you know, a, a fair few episodes now, two, 280-something in terms of actual episodes that you've called an episode, and then you've got the other recordings or uploads as well. So I'd say, well, in excess of 300, probably in excess of 350. I'm not sure that you've put out there. Um, where can people find that, and what are they yeah. in for if they find that?
1: Yeah, so um, it'll be two eighty one by the time this comes out, and um, yeah, the, um, the sort of metrics changed with Anchor when they when they finally clicked into being Spotify for podcasts. So they've been giving me a bit more data, but yeah, it's um, <laughs> on eleven audio platforms. So basically anywhere um, yeah. like Google, Spotify, Apple, you know, any the Podbean things like that. Um, it's on YouTube a lot of them, um, and I'm. Started putting them back on because YouTube's now um, engaged a podcasting or podcast part of their of their channel, um, and there's a website for it which is um, stagraw.co.nz, um, and the the Instagram channel that I use for the podcast um, is Ryan O'Connor NZ, so that's how you can keep up. But subscribing um, is always good. Um, and yeah, if you like it, leaving a rating it helps to get out amongst the noise but like yours, there, Hayden get, people should leave it a rating, this has been, been <laughs> fantastic Um chat I'll, I'll be jumping on and, and slapping those
0: five stars for you mate <laughs> go, go back and just listen to your own one and, and say a great guest on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that right, oh, he was awesome <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Cool man, no, it's been been really good to you Angie, and it's been nice to get to know you a little bit more um, we'll probably have to do this again at some stage um, have a bit of a chat through things, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's always probably nice for you as well to be the one on the other side of the chat. That's getting, um, interviewed rather than doing the interviewing. Um, it's a, it's a little bit different. So (laughs) hope you've enjoyed that, mate.
1: No, it's been fantastic. And you're right. It's easier to hide behind questions. Um, it's not so much to sort of delve into your own thoughts and well, you know, that's what the, (laughs) That's where the imposter syndrome comes in. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> did that response that everyone gives you when you ask them, what, "Do they want to come on your podcast? Oh, what to talk about?" <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> cool, man. I no, appreciate you coming on. It's been good to yarn. And yeah, you know, as you said, the this, the this roll podcast is where you can find Ryan. Um, and yeah, if you if you want to go follow follow him, go follow him as well. Give us both five stars. Eh, that'd be that'd be much yeah, appreciated. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, <laughs> slap the five stars. Hey, you're doing awesome. This as we said, this 13 is unlucky for some, but mate, you're um knocking on the door of that top one percent in the world. (laughs) You know, pretty crazy. The the first goal
0: (laughs) first (laughs) goal was 20, I think was the goal, but in reality it's it's every Friday for the year. Just try and try and hit that. So we'll see how we go. But I appreciate your support, man. I appreciate you coming on and yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers, bro. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. If you gained anything of value, please go ahead and share this episode with someone else that you think may benefit from its content. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram at hjp underscore stronger dads. That's at hjp underscore stronger dads. We'll see you on the next one.